Amen, amen. I am thrilled, 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 thrilled to introduce to you our guest speaker today who is no guest of the house. He has been with us longer than any other person on staff. Uh, 21 years, he is our executive pastor of operations here. He is a close friend to many of you. He's been a mentor, an advisor, a spiritual leader, and he is, a, and pray for him. He works closely with me, him and Samson, closer than anybody. So anybody who gets really close to me and works really close to me, they need your prayers. Would you be praying for him? Would you give it up right now for Clint Smith as he comes to preach the gospel? You may be seated. Honor Pastor Rodney and Shannon, but you guys can pray for me for sure. <laughs> happy New Year, or almost Happy New Year. Hard to believe it is New Year's Eve 2023. It's incredible. We are starting a new collection of talks here at North Church called Life After the garden. And I thought it would be appropriate as we're starting the new year, new year or about to turn into the new year that life after the garden first, we look at life before the garden and lean into creation, the beginning as we know it. In the summer of 2021, the NCAA adopted a rule known as the NIL. Some people gasped for air just then. If you don't know what that is, I think most of us do. It means name, image, and likeness. And this rule basically gives the student athletes the ability to make money off of their personal brand. And we'll say this, since this has taken place in college, especially in college football, it has been a frenzy, terms that you would never have heard of before if you're not a football fan or a college athletics fan like Transfer Portal. I would say most people know what Transfer Portal is these days because of that. And we literally have many athletes making millions of dollars and jumping from school to school to get the best deal and the best fit for them. Now, I'll say this. I know there's lots of opinions on whether NIL is a good thing or a bad thing. I'm not here to hear your opinion and I'm not here to give my opinion on it. I am here to say today that God established NIL long before the NCAA did, long before. So we're gonna look at Genesis chapter one, verses 26 through 27 to get started today. And the scripture says, then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image and the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. God created human beings in his name, in his image, in his likeness. So what does it mean to be in his name, image, and likeness? I'm gonna kinda stick with the sports theme, okay? 
I've got some NIL attributes for you. When it looks like us being like God and being created in his image, here are some attributes. We have intellect. We have moral responsibility, self-conscience, God-conscience, reason or the ability to reason and reasoning. Responsibility of God's creation, oversight, stewardship, to tend and watch over the things that he has given us dominion over. And then lastly, and what we're gonna emphasize today, is relationship with God and with other people. So I've got a quote for you. God and man share a likeness that isn't shared by any other creature. Meaning that a relationship of close fellowship can exist between God and man that is unlike the relationship of God with the rest of his creation. God uniquely created you for relationship. As a father, Lindsay and I have four kids. I have the same goals as a father today that I had when I was a very young father. My biggest goal, of course, I want my kids serving Jesus. But aside from that, it was to always have relationship with my children. That in the highest of highs, in the lowest of lows, in the life's hardship, the good times and the bad, that they would know that they could always go to their dad when they needed to work through something or celebrate something. And I believe that if I have relationship with my children, no matter what happens, we can work through it together and we would both be better for it. You'll see behind me, oldest son, Dallas, we're so proud of Dallas. He graduated just two weeks ago with his bachelor's at UCO. It's a big deal. Come on, you can give it up for him. And just last year, he actually got married to our new daughter, Hannah. We love Hannah so much. She's an incredible part of the family and is so supportive of Dallas. You'll see this. This next one here, it's like a Clint Smith look-alike contest, you know? <laughs> we just put the glasses on him and, <laughs> and then it all makes sense. Lindsay was joking me. She's like, you're, you're gonna show these pictures and everybody's gonna think you just went around with the kids and took the same photos on the same day. Well, it just turns out that I wear the same thing every day, guys, so sorry about that. <laughs> you get what you get. While I'm very proud of his accomplishments in life, the things that mean most to me are those phone calls I've been getting lately. The life advice. The, hey dad, what am I supposed to do with this? How would you have me lead my family? Can you give me some advice? That's what matters because I'm relating to him and we have that special bond. You'll see Lila, that's my princess. 
Lila and I are super close. We have a really cool relationship, unless I don't do what she wants to. <laughs> Over Christmas break, we were at our in-laws, and all the siblings were together, and you know, they're wanting to go to a late night movie, and dad's 45 years old now, and he doesn't like going to late night movies anymore. I'm like, ah, I don't really wanna go, I don't really wanna, no, we're not gonna go. And she says, fun killer. That's hurtful as a dad, I'm just telling you. Little girl broke my heart. Several weeks ago, Lindsay and I were up waiting to pick the kids up at North Students and one of Lila's small group leaders pulled me aside and she said, the coolest thing happened tonight is in group. She said, I asked the question, what do you do when you're lonely? How do you deal with that feeling? And Lila's response was, I talked to my dad. Those are the things that really matter to me. Jensen, our second oldest son, he runs track at Oklahoma Baptist University and he's in junior year. This was actually a pick last year, conference. He won the conference championship in the 400 hurdles in division two, really cool thing. He was so close to his goals and his dreams. And I look at Jensen and I think, man, I'm so proud of that moment, but I'm more than the accomplishment, I'm proud that God has used track and field to help Jensen and I relate to one another. I was filled with joy that day, not because my son received a medal, but because he's learning about life and he's relating with his father. God's growing him and he's growing me through that. Relating to others is the threshold of spiritual growth. There, there's thresholds in life, barriers if you will, that can keep us from growing and becoming everything that the Lord wants us to be. And I will say this, that most of us stop growing in life because our inability to deal with relationships with others. That hurtful thing someone did to us that we've had a hard time forgiving, that healthy conflict that we refuse to deal with, that pacifying everything instead of standing for truth and righteousness. It looks a lot of different ways, but it is a huge barrier in our spiritual growth. Jesus, the master of relationships, gave a great example in Mark chapter nine, starting in verse 33, said after they arrived at Capernaum, and settled in a house, Jesus asked his disciples, what were you discussing out on the road? That's what he does to us, because he knew what they were talking about. But they didn't answer, because they had been arguing about which one of them was the greatest. It's very human. It's easy for us to pick on these guys, but really, we do this stuff all the time. 
he, he sat down and called the 12 disciples over to him and said, whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. Then he put a little child among them, taking the child in his arms, he said to them, anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes not only me, but also my father who sent me. This is Jesus of Nazareth, relationship 101. These men were jockeying for power and position. They had it in their minds, and sometimes we have it in our minds, that the kingdom of God was going to be at that time established on earth and that Jesus would take the throne and they were wondering who would be the greatest among them standing next to him. It should sound familiar. See, the world says to establish your kingdom, you must dictate. But Jesus says, I didn't come into this world to dictate. I came into this world to relate. Emmanuel, God with us. It's so much more than a baby in a manger. The baby in a manger is a symbol that he came to relate with us. He teaches us to grow through relating. Philippians 2, 5 through 8. I use this passage all the time. Forgive me for that. It's just that good. I need this verse, these passages in my life. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Jesus is our example. What is Jesus doing in Philippians chapter two? He's relating to his heavenly father and he's relating to others, making a way to relate. Relating to God and others is the threshold of spiritual growth. He said, go into all the nations in Matthew chapter 28 and make disciples. It could have been said like this, go into all the nations and teach people to relate. The Clint Smith definition of discipleship, learning to relate to God and others. So how do we practically relate to people? What is relating to others looks like? Well, I, I would say that looks like groups. It looks like North groups or discipleship, serving on a team. You see, most of us aren't good at this relationship stuff. We need systems and structures and clubs and boards, teams. Those are the things that help motivate us to get together and to relate to one another. That's how God teaches us. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 through 25. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promises. Yes, he can. 
Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. There are people in this room that you've been avoiding being a part of kingdom community. Today, our group's team is out in the lobby in Oklahoma City, in Guthrie, in OKC. You can go talk to Pastor Christian or or Joseph or one of the other group leaders in Guthrie. You can talk to Maggie or, or Pastor Fred or someone else at Connections. No matter where you are, you need to talk to somebody about getting connected in kingdom community so the Lord can use that to disciple you in your life. There's also people that are here or listening to me that the Lord has been calling you to start a group, to open your home. That desire is inside of you and you've been choking it back and pushing it down and pretending like it's not there because that can be uncomfortable or difficult. I'm telling you, God is wanting to use you as a catalyst for kingdom community. He's not wanting you to wait on someone else to start something. He's wanting you to start something. Talk to someone about that. Take action today. Let's start the year right. How do we relate to God? I think about the North reading plan. I think about the Bible. The North reading plan is not the Bible, it's a guide to reading the Bible. We're simply trying to give you that system and structure that I was talking about to make it easier for you to get up daily and put God's word in you because we need the Lord. Got a North reading plan behind me here. There's hard copies out in the lobby, if you prefer hard copy. It's all loaded up on the North app, it's ready to go. If you prefer the app, you can listen to it, you could read it, you can highlight, you can use the app to tell you what scriptures to read and then use a written Bible to go through it and read it. Any way you choose to do it, it's here to serve you and encourage you to read the word of God. Reading plan one, New Testament, Psalms and Proverbs in a year. Reading plan two, Old Testament in a year. Reading plan one plus two, whole Bible in a year. We wanna make it as easy as possible and encourage you to read the word of God daily. You wanna relate to God? You have to read his word. It's impossible for the word of God to come out if it doesn't go in. Pastor Rodney can't be that for you. God's calling you to be in the word. I mentioned that story of Jensen winning the conference championship What a moment. 
The next week, they have what they call a last chance meet. He was 0.3, 0.4 of a second away from running his way into Nationals. That was one of his goals, to win the conference championship in the 400 hurdles and then running his way into Nationals. And in track and field, they do last chance meets for all those that are really close to qualifying for Nationals, that they have one more shot to go run and try to run their best time. It happened to be Easter weekend. So dad was here at church. The fan club goes with him. We got moms and grandmas and girlfriend and friends all going out to support him. And he starts running. At the 300 mark, they're timing him. He's ahead of his fastest time ever. He comes up towards the last hurdle. And for the first time in his college career, he falls on one of the hurdles. Gets up, kind of jogs with his head down across the finish line. He was devastated. You could imagine everyone that was there to support him, they were devastated as well, probably more so than him. And I'm getting updates over the phone. And I said, hey son, let's meet for coffee tomorrow. We ended up meeting up and I talked to him. You can't allow this one moment to determine an entire season of success and growth and change the way you look at that. You can't feel sorry for yourself and you can't allow anyone else to feel sorry for you. We've gotta use this as motivation. And he looked at me and he said, Dad, you're right. I'm gonna change that right now. My mom happened to be in town around that same time frame and she's up from Texas. We were all hopping in the van to go somewhere and she was the last one to get in. She has that, that sweet Texas accent, you know? She's like, son, is Gents okay? I can't do it very well. She calls him Gents for short. And I said, yeah, mom, he's fine. He needs us to be encouraging to him and not feel sorry for him right now. Can't leave out one of my kids. We got Russ here. You guys have heard me talk about Russell. Russell speaks up from the very back seat. And he says, Gammy, that's what we Smiths do. He kind of caught her off guard. She was like, what? What did you say? He said, that's what we Smiths do. When we fall down, we get back up and we finish. That's what we Smiths do. I tell you something, he doesn't have my DNA, but he has my spiritual DNA. Name, image, and likeness. 
There was a moment recently, our family was going through hardship and kind of had one of those moments where there's disappointment, hurt, and pain, but somehow the truth of God and his strength was very present with us. I don't know if you've experienced one of those, but it was very real to us on that day. We were sitting there and the Holy Spirit came upon Dallas, our oldest son. He said, this is all this is. This is all this is. This is all this is, y'all. And he started quoting Proverbs chapter four, verse 23. Guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Remember what I said, the word of God doesn't come out unless it goes in. Now, as a father, I'm very proud that my children are taking on my name, my image, and my likeness, but in a moment like this, I've gotta give it up to Jesus and say, I'm so thankful that my oldest son is taking on the name, the image, and the likeness of his heavenly father. Because that's far more important than taking on my image. Would you stand to your feet? I wanna invite our prayer team. I know we've already had a time of prayer but I'm asking that you would open your hearts and your minds to what the Lord is speaking to you. This isn't just stories about Pastor Clint's children. These are examples of how God wants you to relate with others and to relate to him. That community and his word have the power to shape you and mold you and make you into his image. Will you bow your heads and pray with me? Father, first of all, just thank you. Thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for an incredible year. Thank you for giving us the ability to take on your name, image, and likeness, and for us to grow spiritually and become more like you. I pray today for those that are here in Guthrie, Mabel Bassett or Lexington, Lord, that the burning in our heart would be to relate to you. That tomorrow we start reading your word every day for the rest of our lives. That tomorrow we wanna relate to others and we begin to reach out to those opportunities that provide the system that we need to be consistent in relationships. Grow us and change us. If you're here and you're saying, Pastor, I need to grow in my relationship with God and I wanna surrender that to him, I'm all in. I want you to respond and let our prayer team pray with you today. If you're here and you're saying, Pastor, I know I need kingdom community. I want you to respond and allow someone to pray with you and agree that those next steps, you're taking them, not tomorrow, not the next day, not the next week, but today, December 31st, we're starting the new year. Father, we love you. Thank you for your goodness. Continue to shape us and mold us and teach us. In Jesus' name.
Amen.